Nurse Deck, we give nurses a place to belong. Whether that's a platform to be heard or the breathing room to be accepted right where we are today, Nurse Deck is proud to be built by our collective nurse voice. Our Insider's Perspective interview series showcases the true diversity in nursing experience through individual storytelling. We will hear from professionals from all walks of nursing life, in academia, at the bedside, in the C-suites of administration, and at the forefront of nurse-led innovation. Nurses are strong, but we need each other more than ever. Our stories connect and unite us, and we're thrilled to bring you a new one each week. I'm Brianna Kinney-Orr, and this is Insider's Perspective of Nursing, the podcast. everyone. Um, Brianna here with another installment of our Insider Perspective Nurse Series. We are a site that is built by nurses for nurses, and we aim to provide a collaborative social space for nurses across all levels um, to share resources and guides, camaraderie, humor, <laughs> any tales from the bedside, uh, and work-life sanity savers. Um, today, we are joined by Dr. Dania Dunkley, um, who also goes by Dr. D. She has an extensive background um, in maternal child nursing, in hospital leadership, academia. She's a vocal advocate for diversity, equity, and inclusion within the nursing profession. She's a current lecturer um, at Yale School of Nursing. She's also the founder of two active organizations, the League of Extraordinary Black Nurses and Dania's Joy LLC, which is a consulting company that works to drive positive change in healthcare, um, empower expectant mothers, as well as inspire Black nursing professionals to achieve leadership goals. So. We will be getting into all of that today, but first I want to welcome you um, and thank you for joining us this afternoon. We're so happy to have you here with us. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. Of course. Well, tell us right from the beginning, how did you get your start in nursing? Well, <laughs> I love telling this story. So my mom was a nurse. Um, we immigrated here from, from Jamaica mm -hmm. um, when I was a child. And she was a school teacher back then when we were in Jamaica. So when we came here, she decided that nursing was ultimately what she always dream dreamed of doing professionally. Mm. And she went for it when we came. So um, she was my first inspiration in terms mm -hmm. of the field of nursing. I wanted to be an OBGYN. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I wanted to be a doctor and I, you know, I always wanted to work with moms and babies. Mm -hmm. So um, somewhere in, uh, along my high school journey, she said to me, my mom, she said, well, if you want to go into healthcare, that's great. I, you know, I'm in it. I'd love that for you. Sure. But what if you hate it? <laughs> so she's <laughs> like, you have no hands-on experience. Why don't you, there was an opportunity for me to take um, part in an LPN program mm -hmm. while I was in high school. Mm -hmm. See if you like it, you know, you can major in, in, in pre-med when you go to college, but at least this will give you a start and a, yeah. and a feel for healthcare. And so I took her advice. I did it. And um, when I went to college, 
still was kind of not sure, but I decided to go with nursing. Mm-hmm. And I am, you know, I fell in love and here I am today, yeah. <laughs> 22, gosh, that's 22 years later. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <Amazing>. <laughs> well, that's, I can't tell you how many stories start out with my mother, you know, yeah. something about be- mothers. Um, and I, I too can probably uh, list my mother as one of my, my inspirations to get into nursing. She's actually an OBGYN, but had the mm-hmm. same advice, like you should mm-hmm. probably Dip your toe in it a little bit first and make sure it's for you. It was Um, great advice and fell in love with nursing. So yeah, that's look back since. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us what you're passionate about now, 22 years later. What keeps you motivated as a nurse? Oh boy, there's so much. (laughs) Um, I always talk talk about my whys, right? I have a few whys. Mm And um, you mentioned a few of those in my in my intro. One is I'm deeply committed to increasing diversity in the profession of nursing in yeah. general. But um, based on my background and my areas of research focus, um, really want to improve that diversity in uh, leadership in mm-hmm. positions of leadership. Right. My other why is um, my background in nursing was in maternal child health. So that love for working with moms and babies never left, even though Mm -hmm. I switched gears from being a physician to a nurse. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So my whole career at the bedside was spent working in that arena. Mm -hmm. And as I, you know, um, as my career went on and I started to learn more about the disparities in maternal child health, particularly for um, black women, um, I you know developed an, an advocacy arm to um, to my whys, mm-hmm. right? Because I felt that if you're going to be one who's worked in that field, then you also have to raise your voice to fix some of the issues, right. um, or at the very least, raise awareness. Mm-hmm. So yeah. those are those are the two things that drive me yeah. um, the most in nursing. There's there's so much other you know stuff that I'm leaving out, but <laughs> I would yeah. say those are the top two. <laughs> Well, tell us about one of the organizations, um, the League of Extraordinary Black Nurses. I know that you're a founder of this organization. So tell us kind of the story behind that and and what work that it does. So the League of Extraordinary Black Nurses was birthed uh, out of my uh, doctoral dissertation journey. Um, My topic was focused on the experience, the lived experience of being black and female when becoming a nurse executive. Mm -hmm. And the reason I pursued that topic, I was on that trajectory. I, you know, started off as, you know, on the assistant nurse manager level, worked my way up to manager, assistant director, and finally director of um, a women and children's service line. And so next step naturally on that pathway was probably going to be a CNO or something Mm -hmm. similar. And um, along that journey, when I was doing my data collection, my interviews of these amazing women who allowed me to interview them and tell their stories, um, something, it lit a spark in me because one of the themes that was recurrent was about the lack of mentorship and mm-hmm. lack of opportunities for development to become a, a you know better leader mm-hmm. um, and the lack of representation, obviously. But... Um, there were so many obstacles, but, you know, they somehow found the resources that they need or they went looking for them um, and were able to achieve success as nurse executives. 
And I thought, you know, there's such a need for more mentorship programming and um, supportive resources. So, um, you know, there aren't too many professional, nationally professional organizations for nurses that are specific to um, minority nurses and nurses of color. Hmm. So I wanted to create another um, I, I know of the nurse, National Black Nurses Association. They do amazing things, but it's it's more so about increasing the number of support yeah. resources, right? So, I decided to um, start this organization, and we're still in our baby phases, obviously. But um, the three guiding principles are leadership, mentorship, and scholarship, right? And so we have supportive um, workshops that we uh, offer. Periodically, um, last year we did um, about eight workshops throughout the year. Mm-hmm. We have a mentoring program called Nurtureship, um, and so those are some of the things that we um, that we provide to our followers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. I love the intention behind mentorship programs because I think any nurse that is lucky enough to actually have a mentor as you're mm-hmm. learning is so fortunate, but it seems like something you, you luck into as opposed to something that's really intentional that you can seek out for yourself. Yeah. Um, so yeah I, I'd say many people share that sentiment. A lot of times it's just kind of by happenstance, you find a, a right. nurse who's more mature or more experienced and you kind of latch on and it's a yeah. <laughs> right. relationship. And yeah. those are great too. Right. Yeah. But the thing about being intentional about seeking someone out who is willing to pour into you right. um, and talking about actual goals and what you want out of the relationship, how they can help you, right. you know, in your career is so crucial. So, yeah, agreed. Tell us um, about the other organization that you founded, um, Dania's Joy, which is a consulting firm. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about the mission and the vision for that? Sure. So Dania's Joy is all about um, a few of those whys that I talked about earlier. Um, One is um, creating um, spaces for organizations to work on their diversity and equity and inclusion plans um, in the workplace. The other is to work with individual nursing professionals uh, with a coaching arm um, to help them develop as leaders. Um, And the third is work. um, I create different um, um, resources, um, educational resources for birthing people. Mm -hmm. So one of the resources that I have um, is an advocacy guide for, um, for black pregnant women to know what questions to ask when they're going to see their providers, how to select a provider, what are some of the clinical things that they need to look out for um, to be able to have a safe birthing um, pregnancy and birthing experience. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's just one of the resources, but similar I also consult with organizations um, that work with pregnant women, um, you know, Mm -hmm. to answer any questions that they have to help guide them through the pregnancy and birth experience as well. Yeah, that's wonderful. I think that's a great thing too, because sometimes you're at the end of your appointment and the doctor asks you, you have any questions? And you're like, yep. deer in headlights. Like. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I probably should, but I'm just going to plan on remembering them in my car on the way home and then sure. worrying about them until the next time. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, and you know, um, 
self-advocacy comes from a place of empowerment, right? And being empowered means having all the knowledge that you need, right? And to feel confident and when you need to ask your questions so you don't, you know, you're not second guessing yourself. So that's what um, that guide is aimed to do. Yeah. And also I think for especially new mothers to be an empowered part of their care so that Mm -hmm. they don't just feel like they're being taken along on a trajectory that they actually have, can have a say in, you know, how certain things can go. And um, mm-hmm. I think that's important, especially when you've, you're doing something you've never done before, which is absolutely like delivering a, a child <laughs> and being <laughs> pregnant for the nine months ahead of time. <laughs> um, my dog might start. It, it looks like he sees something at the window. I'm hoping okay. he'll start barking. He's been good so far. So I'm just Kingston. Hello. <laughs> trying to distract him. <laughs> That's fine. I can I can hear my kids getting home from school too, so okay. I, I might have <laughs> my yeah. own uh, distractions. <laughs> uh, but you're you're good on this end so far. Okay. Um, Your community of real nurses is waiting for you. Join Nurse Social from Nurse Deck today to connect and network with nurses from all over. Ask questions and share advice. Only verified nurses and nursing students have access to member areas. So new nurses, veterans, mentors, and leaders are here to connect and support one another. Get rewards for participating in your community. Score social points as you engage with fellow nurses and redeem your credit to support a growing list of products and services created by other nurses. Follow topics that interest and affect you as a nurse. Your peers are creating topics and stocking them with an unlimited supply of advice and resources. And you can follow along to help build a better world for nurses everywhere. Head to social.nursestack.com to join in today. We'll see you there. I know one of the the offshoots of um, your consulting business is the Seacol Effect, which is yes. a nurse leader residency program. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds amazing. I was reading a little bit about it before we jumped on here. Um, can you tell a little bit more about that program that you developed and what it does? Sure. So the Seacol Effect is named after Mary Seacol, who is um, historically one of the trailblazers in the nursing profession. Um, She actually was around at the same time as um, Florence Nightingale. And um, she was a nurse, um, not professionally trained, as at that time there were no official training programs really um, the way that we know it today, Um, but had been trained through um, her family and in traditional medicinal practices and had been well-traveled all around the the Caribbean and South America, um, you know, doing her work. And she volunteered to um, participate as a nurse in the Crimean War. So the same Mm -hmm. war that we, um, you know, Florence Nightingale is associated with Mm -hmm. as the leader there. And she was denied um, for, you know, we can only assume for many reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, But she decided to start her own thing (laughs) because she believed in her purpose. And um, she uh, created a hospital for wounded soldiers. Mm -hmm. And so she's recognized for her efforts um, at that point. And I I named it the Seacole Effect because I I thought, what is this... uh, 
this thing <laughs> that she possessed, right? That didn't discourage her when she was told no. Um, and she continued anyway and found a different path to still mm -hmm. fulfill her purpose. And I bottled that up as the sequel effect. Yeah. So, um, so that's where the name came from. But the program is actually um, informed by my research, my, my doctoral research about becoming a nurse executive as a mm -hmm. minority. Um, mm -hmm. nurse. And it is, the whole curriculum is centered around the results of that study, lived experiences, my own lived experiences, and those of other colleagues that I've um, worked with along my journey mm -hmm. um, to create. A, it's a different program in that it's not teaching you specifically leadership competencies as, as you would be familiar with other leadership development programs, right? Mm -hmm. But it's speaks to the individual and the intersectionality of uh, when they're in their role as nurse leaders, mm -hmm. what are some of the unique challenges that they may face right. or are already facing and how do they then navigate those spaces where they may be underrepresented? We do right. cover leadership uh, competencies within that, mm -hmm. but the focus of the program is to, to, to kind of talk about how to be a leader yeah. When you're maybe one of few and yeah. or one of the only or the only, yeah. right? right. Um, and what that looks like, how to create relationships, how to network, how to build your professional profile, because mm -hmm. these are some of the things from my research that uh, these executives said, nobody taught me these things. Right. <laughs> I had to kind of learn as I, as I went. Exactly. And so that's where this program really fills in the gaps to complement maybe other professional mm -hmm. development programs that they may encounter. Yeah. Or it may be the only, because I, I do know that many organizations don't offer mm -hmm. uh, their leaders any kind of real support and development other than maybe a one or two day orientation or right, right. shadowing another leader or something yeah. like that. Yeah, <laughs> it's not very formalized yeah. and intentional. So this may be the only, you know, program that they've they have access to. Right. Um, and I wanted to really create something special. Yeah, I can imagine <laughs> it's almost um, I don't know if relief would be the right word, but a validation of that's the word. That is the word. <laughs> experiences and realizing like, yes, these are things that I'm facing and we do have different experiences and how can we channel our differences into um, giving us an added edge as, as mm -hmm. opposed to something that we have to constantly be trying to overcome um, if that makes sense. But to be in a space where other people have gone where you have gone before and to, mm -hmm really understand where you're coming from, I think must be just an incredible experience for the people that go through this program. Yeah, so absolutely. And, think, and you hit the nail right on the head. That's the word that keeps coming up. Yeah. I feel so validated with this yeah. experience with this program. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm really, um, you know, excited about what's to come because mm -hmm. I just changed the formatting to become a, more of a group coaching format. Yeah. I was offering it as like a three hour masterclass. And I realized very quickly that there's yep. so much to cover that people left wanting more. Yeah. So I can this imagine is spread over a longer period of time, mm -hmm. you know, with more support and more follow through, follow up um, than it was before. So I'm really excited about it. Yeah, it sounds incredible. I hope people watching are taking notes and we'll have more, <laughs> we'll have information at the end, how they can awesome. find these different things that we're speaking about. 
Um, in, in talking about the nursing path that you followed, um, you know, the, the obstacles that you encountered personally along the way and how you were able to overcome them because you've had your own unique journey in nursing. Um, and we touched on this a little at the beginning that, you know, black nurses make up, I think it's less than 10% of the nursing mm -hmm. workforce. Yeah. Um, just and, that number. Yeah. yeah mm -hmm. and, and even a tiny fraction of that make up the executive and advanced practice roles. Um, beyond that and with minority populations being three times that the representation mm -hmm. that is there is not what we're seeing in the communities so there's a, yeah. a huge gap right there mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. so i love that you have programs that are that are helping with that can you speak a little bit about um some of the obstacles that you had to overcome um mm -hmm. when you were making your own uh, nursing pathway Sure. Um, <clears throat> or I would have to say my entry into the profession was a good one, right? Mm -hmm. um, I was able to, <clears throat> at the bedside, work with a diverse group of nurses mm -hmm. um, in every organization that I was a part of, you know, and I realized that many don't have that story. Yeah. However, I started to realize that it, it some of it was also organization specific, yeah. So the hospitals I worked at were diverse, but I'd hear stories from other colleagues when I met, you know, the people at conferences and other things. And I'd start to see that not every hospital is this diverse. So that's an issue, right? Yeah. <laughs> because many of these hospitals were the private hospitals mm -hmm. and their um, nursing staff was very homogenous in terms mm -hmm. of racial and cultural representation. Right. And, um, you know, more the hospitals that I worked at you know, just to be quite frank, were more of the public hospitals, um, mm -hmm. state-owned or city-owned. Right. Um, and that's where you would see the diverse representation. Mm -hmm. I don't have any scientific studies to back that up. This is strictly anecdotal. Yeah. <laughs> but I, you know, I've been validated by my peers, you know, yeah. in many instances. Um, and, and as I went more so into leadership, that's where I started to see some of the, the, the disparities, right? Mm -hmm. um, I'd be the only one in the room mm -hmm. or, you know, um, <laughs> the microaggressions, you know, yeah. statements would be made that were kind of made me think, hmm, it, you know, internally I'd be like, that didn't feel good, but they yeah. didn't really say anything that was like really like egregious. Yeah. Like, right. Me the wrong way like this, you know yeah. what I mean? So it was things like that, comments about hair and, and professionalism, my different hairstyles yeah. and, you know, those things came into play. So those were my own personal experiences, um, you know, in, in the field. Now in academia, I definitely see it more on the side of um, being one of very few um, mm -hmm. in the spaces um, in, um, in academia. And that's something that absolutely needs to improve as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the more um, nurses of color and women nurses of color that are promoted into leadership roles. I mm -hmm. had someone yesterday that we interviewed, <clears throat> excuse me, that was saying, we don't just need a voice at the table. We need to be building our own tables. And I love mm -hmm. that analogy because <laughs> I said, you're right. It is a completely yeah. different table that you're coming from, you know? Yeah. And, you know, now that you mentioned, you know, having a seat at the table, sometimes it's not enough to be there. Right. Because there's this whole concept of just being there just to check a box, yep. but actually feeling like you're included and you're part of the decision-making process exactly. once you get a seat at the table, exactly. you know? Yeah. yeah. No, that's, that's great. Um, 
Uh-oh. No. <laughs> Let me just grab this from him before. Yeah, no problem. Quiet just for a few more minutes, please. Okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. No problem. No problem. We have good little feet scratching all over the flat have tiles <laughs> in the kitchen. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. It's no problem. <laughs> um, Tell us um, or talk to us a little bit about what you're seeing as challenges that that all nurses are facing right now um, as a result of the pandemic or just yeah. things that the pandemic has brought to light that have existed for many years before the pandemic came. Um, mm -hmm. where, where do you see that? I think for uh, many nurses, they're at a crossroads, right? If they're not dealing with the physical burnout of being at the bedside, mm -hmm. Folks are wondering what else is there, you know, mm -hmm. should I leave the professional altogether or what What other avenues could I explore that would offer me yeah. more flexibility or, you know, allow me to really pursue my other passions or there, there are many people are just kind of trying to figure out what's next mm -hmm. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> because I think that going back to what we considered normal is probably off the table. Yep. Right. <laughs> um, many things are going to need to change in terms of how we, um, how we support nurses, how we configure workflows how we configure scheduling and flexibility for families, mm -hmm. um, how we talk about, you know, safe staffing, what that's going to look like. Right. Um, there's just so much. And um, unfortunately, some have already, you know, kind of given up on mm -hmm. the profession. But, you know, for those of us who are still sticking through it, um, particularly on the inpatient side, um, you know, where we're, we're seeing the, the, the spikes with patient overload with the COVID-19 um, pandemic, um, you know, kind of hanging on by threads, many. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think that if, if we're going to keep them um, in the profession, you know, things just really need to change. And we need to give nurses a true voice mm -hmm. in order to state what they, that, what, what they want mm -hmm. um, and value them. Mm -hmm. um, not just, you know, you know, nurses week with the gifts, yeah. you, know, <laughs> right. you know, we have to really consider true systemic changes that are going to entice people to stay mm -hmm. you know? um, because there are so many options now, mm -hmm. right? Yep. Many nurses that I know are going into entrepreneurship because they mm -hmm. can't take, you know, the, the, the bureaucracy and the, um, the undervaluing of, of their, you know, their professional um, right. con contributions, you know what right. I mean? Um, so it, <laughs> nursing is the largest part of the medical workforce, right? The mm -hmm. healthcare workforce. So in order for, for anything to continue, um, and when we talk about profit margin, if every yep. nurse left, it would collapse, you yep. know? So <laughs> it's time to start listening to the people who right. represent the largest part of the workforce. Right. But I do think that we need to become more organized. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, right. As a profession as well. Um, and I'm looking at, you know, the professional organizations that we are a part of that are supposed to represent us. Mm -hmm. They also need to become one voice. Yes. Truly represent what 
we're saying we need right. um, as nurses in every aspect, you know, bedside to leadership, to academia, mm-hmm. public health, everybody, you know, mm-hmm. if you're a nurse <laughs> yep. and you're represented by one of these organizations, there needs to be some kind of congruence among them and one voice to start mm-hmm. to lobby for our needs. Yes. Um, and I think we're a little far ways from that, Yeah. but certainly there are rumblings. Mm-hmm. And folks are tired and they're really uh, voicing their concerns. And that's where it starts, mm-hmm. right? We're not expecting change to happen immediately. Right. But the rumblings are are um, are a positive sign to me, right. anyways, mm-hmm. um, of change that yeah. is long overdue. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think it used to be nurses would just, if they were upset at one place or, or feeling like it wasn't the right environment for them, they could just jump to a different hospital or jump to a different facility. And then it became, well, I'm just going to add a couple letters after my name and go after my master's and see what that might be like, you know, but it all starts with, you know, the dissatisfaction at the bedside, Mm -hmm. which is brought on by being part of this enormous system that is just not functioning well. Yeah. And I want to dispel the myth that nurses are, you know, are just doing, are just in this for the money. I I don't think that anybody comes into this profession truly wanting to be a nurse because of a financial gain. Yeah. Right. We, there's so much that goes into caring for an individual. Mm -hmm. Right. And I know that, that the nurses that at the heart are true nurses are doing this because they care about people. Right. Right. But in 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 caring for people, there are certain resources and things that you need to do your job effectively, Mm -hmm. you know, and just like any other job. Yeah. And when those things are not being provided to you, you're going to be burned out. And that's all we want is to be heard is for our, you know, for, you know, to have the right staffing, to have the right resources and equipment that we need to take care of people. Right. You know? <laughs> Get on with it. Yeah. yeah. Job, We're right? in the business of caring. Yeah. But there are some things that are just, you know, um, interfering with our ability to do yeah. that. I think you the know? nurses that we've talked to that there's just such a profound feeling of helplessness right now that mm-hmm. they want to do a good job. But like you said, they don't have the resources available or there's just mm-hmm. the influx of patients is just so great that no matter how long and how hard and how fast and how many pee breaks you skip, you'll never be able to keep up with the demand that's there. Yeah. And it's just day after day after day after day, you just have this like learned helplessness kind of yeah. feeling yeah. where you just feel, um, I mean, it's a good segue to the next question I have for, for nurses mm-hmm. that are feeling burned out, which is per- almost all of them at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, More into vlogs than pods. You can also watch these interviews. Check out Nurse Stack on YouTube for video features of these amazing nurses and more content by and for nurses. Just search Nurse Stack on YouTube to find us and get watching. I mean, I don't know if we can prevent burnout anymore, but for the nurses that are feeling the most burnout that are right at the bedside and have been at the bedside this whole time, um, how do you feel is the best way to cope with that if, if you're a nurse experiencing that right now? Honestly, I don't have a, a well-packaged answer <laughs> for that. Yeah, it depends on the individual, you know, and what they're dealing with, you know, mm-hmm. in in their not just professional but personal lives as well. 
um, I think you have to pro- um, create priorities mm-hmm. to start, right? Um, and from those p- priorities, then you have to create boundaries. Mm-hmm. If, you know, right now, you know, what's the priority is to be there for your children, mm-hmm. <laughs> then that's, you know, then you have to create boundaries mm-hmm. for that. You know, I can't work this shift. I need this shift. You know, mm-hmm. I can't come in for overtime because my child is the priority or whatever your priority is. Then you can start to create boundaries around that. Right. Um, whatever that, um, however that applies to you individually. Mm-hmm. Um, I think boundaries are really important. Mm-hmm. When we talk about leadership as well, you know, the whole thing about leadership being a 24 7 responsibility. Mm-hmm. Who wants to hear that? Like, yeah, right. <laughs> that's unrealistic. Yeah. Right? We know the hospital doesn't close. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> there has to be checks and that. We cannot be responsible for something 24 7. Like, mm-hmm. it just, you know. Um, and so, creating those boundaries, um, taking your personal time, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's really critical doing things outside of the work work that you, actually, mm-hmm. you know, that cause you joy and you joy. Um, I think you have to prioritize mm-hmm. those things, even if it's something small, yeah. you know, that brings you joy. Right. Um, you know, for me, I love to travel for, that might not be feasible for somebody else. Right. But just getting mm-hmm. out of the workspace and finding small yeah. things, or maybe they're large things that bring you joy right. in addition to um, creating priorities and boundaries will be the only thing to, to, those would be the realistic things I think that would help with someone for yeah. burnout. Yeah, And also not being afraid to explore other, other areas in nursing, mm-hmm. right? Right. We need folks at the bedside. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that there should be a mass exodus from the right. bedside because that's the meat and mm-hmm. the, you know, that's the meat and the heart of nursing. Mm-hmm. But you know, if you've been in your career for a long time and you know, there are so many things that you can do yeah. as a nurse, which yeah. is what makes our profession so unique and amazing. Exactly. Yeah. So don't feel stuck. And also if you want to continue at the bedside, your organization that you're currently at is not the only place to do it. Exactly. There are other places who are getting it right. Right. You know, and and hospitals are really seeing that boiled down to a fine point right now with all the agency nurses coming in and, Mm -hmm. you know, the the bonuses and all the headlines that we see about that and and hospitals being like, wait, don't leave. (laughs) Don't stay anywhere where you are not valued. Yes. And that's all I'm going to say about that. I'm not telling anybody to quit their job. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But don't continue to stay someplace where you're not valued, where you're not respected, where you're not supported, Mm -hmm. right? Because there are places that are getting it right. Or Mm -hmm. at least you can see an effort that they're trying to get it right. You know what I mean? So, you know, we tend to stay at places because of loyalty and perhaps because of the, the, with longevity comes more security in terms of your retirement. Mm -hmm. But any place you go is going to have a retirement plan. Yep. Right. Yeah. We'll transfer <laughs> to roll it on over and That's get right. out of here. <laughs> Can you um, yeah. tell us about a time where you were able to identify when you were going through burnout for any number of reasons um, mm-hmm. and how you might have handled it and how you prevented it in the future? Yeah, I, I prioritized myself. Yeah. I stopped thinking about. Um, what was the next rung on the ladder professionally? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
and started to think about what am I truly, truly passionate about and what's the next step that's going to allow me to explore those things mm-hmm. and truly be happy yes. in what I do. Yep. Uh, it was no longer for me. It was, I reached a turning point. It was no longer about what's my next title going to be. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, what do I, what do I want to be doing? Yeah. That's going to be, that's going to bring me the most joy. Yeah. And for me right now, that is a combination of being in academia full-time and then, you know, working with my two organizations. Yeah. I am so happy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> professionally, you know, that yeah. those are the things that, you know, it's a great match for me right now. I get the freedom that academia brings to pursue mm-hmm. some of these other passions. And yeah. it's the, for me currently, it's the best mix. Yeah. And I would not go back and change it. I did have a little bit of guilt when I left the inpatient setting Mm -hmm. because it, you know, coincidentally landed around the time when COVID was right before we shut down is when I switched to full-time academia. And I did go through a little bit of, excuse me, guilt because when you think of a nurse, you know, um, truly being, uh, or the true sense or essence of being a nurse, you think of being in the thick of patient care, mm-hmm. right? But we all have a role to play, yeah. right? Who's going to develop the next round to supplement mm-hmm. the folks who have left, right? Exactly. That's where I come in. Yeah. And that's just as important as being at, at the bedside. Absolutely. So I, you know, I, I got over that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I am truly, you know, enjoying what I'm doing now. And yeah. That might look different for for other people, Mm -hmm. but really doing some introspection to find out what that looks like, Mm -hmm. you'll find such a sense of freedom. Yeah. Once you do. I agree. Yeah. I had a pretty massive shift myself in my my role as a nurse or how I was functioning as a nurse that I felt Mm -hmm. like I was going to lose the nursey part of it if I wasn't Mm -hmm. actually interacting with patients belly to belly, Mm -hmm. but I've since found, you know, just supporting a community of nurses can be um, even more fulfilling as well. So yeah. I can very much relate to what you're saying. Yeah. Um, talk, keeping up with COVID, what do you think are the biggest um, healthcare cracks in the foundation that COVID shone a light on um, that it didn't necessarily create, but I think it created this pressure cooker and accelerator um, and put us into, you know, nursing into a crisis mode, even though we were already handling the pandemic as a crisis itself? Um, I think that staffing had a lot to do with it. Mm-hmm. Folks were already operating with bare bones, minimal staffing, or sometimes unsafe yep. situations um, across the nation. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, I think, a huge piece of it. And the other thing is... Um, not giving nursing enough of a piece of the the pie when it comes to decision making. Yeah, I'll tell you what I mean by that is that <clears throat> in hospital leadership, and this is backed up by many studies that I've read and also my own <laughs> that I've done. The title of CNO or 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 chief nurse executive or whatever it looks like mm-hmm. at your organization is sometimes. Included, but not really, mm-hmm. in terms of the true decision making mm-hmm. that goes on in the hospital. And it is time for that to change. Um, like I said, we're, we represent the biggest part of the workforce. Mm-hmm. So then, why would you know the C-suite, <clears throat> um, the represent the the members of the C-suite, 
other members who don't have a true role in hands-on patient care be given more of the respect and <laughs> and be listened to more than the folks yep. that are actually providing the care. Right. It doesn't make sense to me. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> if all of us didn't show up to work tomorrow, yeah, there would I, be more noticed. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to be quite frank. There are many places who would probably be happy with excluding the the the, the chief nurse from being in the C-suite role. Yeah, you know, they they they'd be just fine with that. Yeah. Um, but I think that's dangerous and it is irresponsible. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's time to now truly include the voice of nursing and respect the voice of nursing because mm-hmm. as you see, <laughs> systems, entire systems are crumbling yeah. um and imploding when you don't have the right infrastructure set up for your nursing staff. Exactly. Exactly. I, I, you know, those are just my two cents, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think nurses too need to feel like they're being heard on those in the C-suite and Mm -hmm. in all the areas of the hospital, as well as other Mm -hmm. members as well um, that Mm -hmm. nurses rely on and the whole, the whole hospital team relies on. But yeah, for for the I probably will get in trouble for saying what I said, but you know. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> See, this I, is how the uncomfortable conversations is how change starts. Yeah, right. I mean, honesty goes a long way, I think. And <laughs> I think nurses respect honesty and it's <laughs> it's something that everybody thinks. So mm-hmm. yeah, the, the, I know there was a huge push when I was in nursing leadership for um improving engagement, nursing engagement and you know, shared governance and giving nurses a voice. And that was great. But then when it came down to it, you know, mm-hmm. it was the folks at the top making the decisions. And sometimes they weren't factoring in what they should factor in. Yeah, very <laughs> much. Know. Yeah, it always seems to, it feels like the people that are many floors above you are making the decisions that affect your day-to-day but mm-hmm. that they have really no true idea of, you know, they only come down when like Jayco's rounding and they're all standing there mm-hmm. with their <laughs> arms crossed. And, you know, yeah. it's yeah. just, it's not a true picture of what's really going on down there. You know, they see the numbers, but not the actions. Yeah. And, and I'll give you a, a huge example of, of yeah. how that manifested was when um, our current um, president's administration came in and they cre- decided to create a task force that had no nurse on it. <laughs> yeah. Until we made, you know, a lot of noise and yeah, right. You know, but how? I how do you make decisions without the largest part of the healthcare workforce? Yeah, make any I sense? Know. But that's what happens on day to day, you know, sure. on a smaller scale, mm-hmm. and that's what was reflected at the highest levels. Exactly. So. Right. That <laughs> action alone mm-hmm. shows us a perfect example of yeah mm-hmm. why you need a nurse with you. Um, or many nurses. Yes. (laughs) Um, Let's talk a little bit about community. We're big on community at Nurse Stack and, you know, our own little virtual social space for nurses to feel safe in and have an environment where they can just let their hair down and be among people that truly get it and understand. Mm -hmm. Um, How do you think our community can help nurses um, or other communities that you've been a part of. I mean, your, your groups that you've formed are great examples of community and how community can support um, and how, how can communities specifically support nurses right now and what we're going through? Yeah, I, I think, um, like I mentioned earlier about organizations that represent nursing really do need to get to the point where they are gathering data from 
the folks who are on the ground. Mm -hmm. right? um, and it can't, it can no longer be a rat race for who can produce this, you know, the, the, the first paper or the first position statement, mm -hmm. or, you know, it's really about centering the true voices of the folks who need to yeah. be heard. Yeah. Right. And really doing a thorough needs assessment coming together, right. Because all of us together represent the different, um, sections of nursing, right? Whereas one organization can't possibly represent the whole voice, right? right? So if we all kind of come together, we'll have a better database of what mm -hmm. truly nurses are saying and coming up with an action plan, yeah. you know, that represents the majority of voices. I think that is really, really key. Um, communities, you know, give nurses a sense of belonging, validation, as mm -hmm. you mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. um, but we 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 tend to sometimes work in silos, yeah. right? Very true. <laughs> um, and I think right now is the time to galvanize and come together. Yeah, um, exactly. Our, our unique communities and try to find commonalities mm -hmm. that will help turn this thing around. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, I think that's a great place to wrap it up on our end. <laughs> Your dog agrees. He's like, I'm hold I've been holding it in all, all the whole time. <laughs> yeah, my neighbor was at the door. <laughs> um, I'd love to give you the floor if there's anything else um, you wanted to mention that we didn't mention, or we always like to ask our um, our guests here if they have a message for nurses today that they want to end on. Um, we always invite them to do that as well. Um. Well, uh, I guess I would just encourage <clears throat> um, other nurses who are considering what to do next, um, you know, that you're not alone, um, that we, we hear you. It's out there. You're dealing with a lot. So first, want to stop and validate um, your experience, you know, and the sense of overwhelm and and also thank you for, you know, for being on the front lines in, in any aspect, whether that's at the bedside, in leadership, in academia, you know, we all have our roles to play. Yeah. Um, but remember to prioritize yourself. <laughs> remember to take care of yourself. Um, there's a saying that you can't pour from an empty cup, right? Mm -hmm. So you got to take care of you first, right? The airlines have it right. You know, yep. put your own oxygen mask on first before you put someone else's on. Exactly. Um, prioritize yourself. Prioritize those things that are, are the most important to you. And try to find joy in, in the smallest of things. You know, step away from it for a while if you need to and come back refreshed. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, because you have to do what you need to do to keep you whole. Mm -hmm. um, and the rest will kind of fall into place. Yep. I yeah. love it. Well, that is awesome. Thank you for <laughs> giving us some of your precious off work time. I know you're super, sure. super busy. So we love adding your voice to our collection and we have a social site. We'd love to see you pop up there. There's a lot of different oh, sure. um, discussions going on that are, that are, touch on many of the things that we touched on today. So awesome. it's, it's awesome to hear hear the conversations continuing um, as a springboard from these interviews that we're doing. So thank Great. you so much for being a part of this series. And thank you for the work that you all are doing, you know, to, to center the voices of, of nursing professionals. So thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Yeah. And we'll let you know once um, all of these little bits and pieces get uh, put out into the world and we'll tag you. Um, and for, you know, people that watch um, and listen, they'll be able, 
will pull out the the things that we talked about so they can directly click on them and and follow them to find your work and your organizations as well awesome thank you so much thank you this was great thank you have a great rest of your day you too. thank you bye-bye This has been a Nurse Tech production hosted by NP Jamie Smith and RN Brianna Kinney Orr. This episode was produced and edited by Juan Paolo Toison and Julia Taliesin. Join us on social.nursetech.com to connect with podcast hosts and guests and experience a truly nurse-centered online community. Thank you for listening.